Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mercy, you make me smile so much. You are amazing. Welcome to week four of Happy Habits. We are so good to see you. Um, Welcome to Highlight Church Online. Let's welcome all of our guests, everybody, and our church family. We are excited, excited, excited. And um, I do want to get into the Word, and we are going to get into the message. I mean, I'm super excited for what God has laid on my heart for you uh, this weekend. But I I do want to just take a moment to, to, you know, acknowledge um, just what's going on out there in the world. Um, This gentleman, uh, George Floyd, who was um, brutally uh, murdered um, uh, by the hands of of, of a cop who um, we, we can say exercise racism or, or what have you. It, it, was, it was just terrible. It was yeah. terrible. And so now you can see um, many people are opening up and it's, it's gotten beyond annoyance. It's gotten beyond people being tired. Um, I think the soul of our nation has become exhausted um, um, with, with regards to race relations and prejudice and what have you. I just want to let you know, I mean, I'm not issuing a public statement or anything, but I just want to let you know that our church is praying um, for, the, for the soul of our nation. We are praying, um, but I think most importantly, we're acting. Yeah. We're acting in our uh, everyday lives, yeah. one-on-one in our interactions. We're, we're loving people no matter who they are. Yeah. We're serving them. Um, we're, we're, we're there for them. We're, we're trying to be the heart in, in, in the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ in our society. So um, we could take an entire 40 minutes to talk about it, um, maybe on a different platform, on a different day we will. But um, what I see in the scripture, um, I see Jesus focusing on drawing near to people um, who are not like him, um, having conversation, having uh, meals, um, praying with them, serving them, healing them. Uh, Jesus said very little, if at all, anything about race. And so I think it's beyond a talk. I think, and we need understanding. We need to talk, but it's way beyond that at this point. It's about acting and love. It's about, um, you know, if you are someone who is not used to a certain context, go into that context and, and, and serve and love and sit down and talk to people and, um, it's about opening our arms right now. So we could say a lot, um, but we're praying. We're praying for breakthrough. And I think what's more important is that we would be the church during this time. And so um, let's just, let's clap that up. Let's, let's celebrate unity. And um, like I said, that doesn't fix it, but I do want to refocus us. Um, and, and really the only time Jesus does mention anything really about another race in the scripture, he refers to the Samaritan who did good things. Yeah. And we've, we've coined that, that famous parable, the good Samaritan. Right. So how about that? How about we start seeing people who don't look like us yeah. as good? Right. Um, it says in Genesis that everything God created was good. And when he created mankind, he said it was very good. So whether you're black or white, Asian or Hispanic, it doesn't matter. You're very good. You're loved. You're valuable. You have worth. And um, I thank God that we're at the forefront. You know, God gave, gave us the vision 
that we would, we would lead and pastor and be a part of the most diverse church in human history. So if you are part of the Highlight family, I wanna let you know that you are part of a, of a revolution. And see, now I'm going in, I'm going in. <laughs> I said I wouldn't, I got a message to preach, but this is the way I feel. You guys have heard me say this before. America is, is becoming less this. And when I say this, I mean Caucasian, because I am of the lighter persuasion of black people. Less Caucasian, Anissa, you laughing, because <laughs> you know it's true. Less Caucasian, and it's becoming more this. And so in the next 10 to 20 years, um, CNN won't have the answers. Fox News will not have the answers. Politics certainly is not going to have the answer. It's always going to be the church of Jesus Christ that's going to bridge the gap, that's going to bring unity, and that's going to bring forward movement in our world. So, Lord, we humble ourselves and we submit ourselves to what you want to do in this nation, and we believe that you're going to bring restoration and reconciliation as we do that as a church. So let's clap again. Yeah. yeah. So let's get straight into the message. I want to talk about distraction and uh, a definition of distraction. Uh, if you're taking notes, distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. So it, it prevents you. It, it prevents you from giving full attention to, to something else. And right now in society, we are really struggling with keeping our focus, with, yeah. with, this, with this distraction deal. Uh, it also causes mental confusion. Distraction is to be mentally confused. Um, I love this definition more so. It means to be pulled in multiple directions at the same time. To be pulled in multiple directions at the same time. A lot of ancient cultures and societies used to use distraction as a form of execution. So they would tie arms and, and legs, you know, tell the horses to go and yeah. completely just detach a person's entire body, you know. And so, and I think that's a tool that, that our spiritual enemy is using right now in this time. Uh, the Bible calls our spiritual enemy Satan. Um, I believe he's using that tool of distraction to, to tear our lives apart. And um, right now, social media is the number one agent of distraction in society. Um, I was reading up on this and it said 80% of time spent online at work has nothing to do with your job. 80% of the time that you spend online, myself as well, at work has nothing to do with our jobs. As a matter of fact, when I was preparing for this message, um, I didn't set it, but my wife did. She set this Instagram ding. And I'm like, why do I have 30 minutes and you have like an hour, but it's all good. <laughs> and so I'm preparing for this message, but you know, I'm on social media and I get that 30 minute ding. So even while I'm preparing to give God's word and, and to share the love of Jesus Christ, I'm being distracted by social media. It says that uh, the average American spends one quarter of their workday browsing social media. What are we what are we getting paid for out here to browse social media? This results in a loss of productivity, decreased performance, and big mistakes. Um, social media does, in fact, have an addictive nature, um, so much so to the point where after a long day at school or after a long day at work, we may sit down at our tables and have dinner with a side of social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I mean, why, why don't fast food restaurants just go ahead and add it to the menu? You know, I'll take a number three, no pickle, no onions. I think that's a quarter pounder. Um, <laughs> I mean, you want fries? No, let me get some Instagram. So it's just social media. Um, or we end up going to bed, say at eight or nine or 10 p.m. And before you know it, it's midnight, one o'clock because we're just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. They say that the addictive nature of social media is linked to what we call FOMO. F-O-M-O. FOMO is the fear of missing out. It's the fear of missing out. 56% of us fear missing important dates and important events. Uh, Research has confirmed that 30% of us wake up and the first thing that we do is we turn over, we grab our phones and we go to our favorite platform. And out of all those facts, this one right here blew my mind. I mean, this was crazy. By the end of our lives, most millennials would have spent more than five years on social media. Given we live well into our 80s and 90s, by the end of our lives, when we add up every second, every minute, every hour, every day, we would have come to more than five years on social media. And this is the thing, if we're not careful, we can be devoting our God-given potentials in our lives to distraction. And when I was praying and preparing for this message, um, I got an image of distraction as, as a bucket or somewhat of like a, a trash can. So my first point of encouragement is, is that if we're not careful, our values can end up in the bucket of distraction. And, and this is the way, the way I see distraction. I see it as, as a trash can. Um, too much TV, too much entertainment, too, too many video games. All those things have, have their place, but too much of it becomes a distraction. And what tends to happen is that the values that could otherwise change our lives um, help us form happy habits and healthy habits um, so that we could get on to the life that God has promised us. What we tend to do is when we're distracted, we tend to exchange our values for those things that are in the bucket of distraction. We pull the distractions out of the can and we are distracted by our phones instead of being pushed forward by our faith, instead of excellence and giving ourselves time to, to, to be excellent and, and, and to build and, and to, be, to be productive. We, 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 we you know, spend all this time being entertained and hours upon hours on, on social media, hours upon hours gossiping. We exchange growth for, for gossip, the office gossip. You know, it's this new thing on social media now when you go in the comment sections, I'm just here for the tea. I'm just here for the tea. <laughs> My wife had to check me about this a few months ago. I mean, I'd be all up in the comment section. I'd be all up in the tea, exchanging growth for the tea. If you're not careful, we're on the computer. We're on our tablets all day. And before you know it, the consistency that we need to get to where God has called us to goes into the trash can of distraction. Warren Buffett, multi-billionaire, he said this phenomenal quote. He said, the most dangerous distractions are the ones that you love but they don't love you back. So we, we devote our, our efforts, we devote our hearts, we devote our minds and our energies to these things that will never give us the God-given dividends that we are looking for. And so what I wanna talk about today is destroying 
distraction. And we're going to jump into Luke chapter 5, and we're going to study Jesus, the greatest man to ever live. So Luke 5, starting at verse 12, it says this, um, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his head to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. He said, be healed. And, instant, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. Don't tell anyone because Jesus already knew that it was going to bring all this acclaim and all this fame and all this busyness into his life. So he says, bro, don't tell anyone. I love you. And I want to encourage you with that. Jesus, he's still healing. He's still loving. He's still saving. He's, he's still delivering. But right here, he's saying, don't tell anyone. It's not yet my time. And he says this here, uh, be healed. And instantly it went away. Go to the priest and let him examine you. We're halfway through verse 14. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Verse 15, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. I mean, this brother got healed and he went to the city. Hey, 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 hey. That's the brother version. Hey, hey, Jesus just healed me. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm having, this, this is a great word. So he says this here and, and it says this here, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Verse 16 in emphasis. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He often withdrew to the wilderness, fulfilling his calling, but he, he often withdrew. What I wanna give us, I wanna give us two ways to destroy distraction, two ways. When you see the word used here in Luke 5, verse 16, the word in the Greek, Francie, means that he often slipped away. He often slipped away. So the first way to destroy distraction in your life is you got to learn to, number one, slip away. Yeah. Slip away. Yeah. Research confirms that your brain gradually stops registering at sight and at sound mm -hmm. if that stimulus remains constant. That same stimulus of, of social media, of, of posts, of this TV show, binge watching, your brain just stops and, and, and it has confirmed that there's a loss of focus and just in general, your performance in life declines. Yeah. And so they've concluded that the most exceptional minds and thinkers, Jesus being the top of the top, right. have one thing in common. That's that the greatest minds and thinkers make time to think, to wander, and to refresh the brain. Mm -hmm. so, so the greatest thinkers over the course of history have made time to slip away and, and to find peace. It says this here in Exodus 24, um, one of the greatest minds of all time, Moses, one of the greatest leaders in the scripture. Yeah. It says that the Lord said to Moses, come up to the mountain and stay here for a while. I love that. God said to Moses, slip away. Moses was commissioned and ordained to lead 2 million Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. Right. I mean, talk about busy. Talk about distracted. Talk about the problems of life, leading 2 million people who were slaves, who he was called to lead 
them into becoming a nation, a powerful nation that represented the presence of God in the world. And God said this to him. He said, come up to the mountain and stay here a while, slip away. And he said this here, I will give you the two flat stones on which I have written the laws that my people must obey. So what God was going to do is he was going to give him a word. I need you to come slip away because I have something to say to you. And it's not just going to benefit you. It's going to benefit everyone that's connected to you. So I need you to slip away is what God is saying. In verse 13, he says this here, Moses and Joshua, his, there's so much leadership stuff in here. Sorry, we're, this is a Sunday, not a leadership teaching. All right, Joshua and Moses, his assistant. God, God always takes someone with you. Here it is, I'm sorry. Joshua and Moses, his assistant got ready. Then Moses started up to the mountain to meet with God. We must learn, hear my heart in this season. Because yes, COVID has caused us to, to, to kind of get off kilter right? Like some people work, some people can't. If you work, your hours have been decreased. Some people went from full time to nothing. And we we just, we're kind of off, off kilter right now. But one thing you have to master in this season, before we get back to a new, before we get to a new normal, is you got to master the art of slipping away. Yeah. Slipping away. You got to learn to catch yourself when it's been too much TV, too much entertainment too much careless eating, slip away, slip away from the entertainment, slip away from that couch, slip away from the apathy, slip away from the norm, slip away from it. There's a quote out there that says, you can't do big things if you're distracted by small things. You can't do big things. You you, you can't go and get that PhD. You, You can't be focused on becoming the person that you need to become as you walk with Christ for that person that God is preparing for you if you're distracted by a knucklehead. You you can't do big things if you're focused on small things. And what we see in this text is is that Jesus is doing a lot of good. I mean, he's healing people. he's, he's, He's giving sight to blind eyes. He's casting out demons. He's He's raising the dead as you read through the gospel. He's doing a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot of good things, a lot of good things. But I've, I came to find this out quite a while ago, is that you can do a lot of good things and be worn out at the end of the day. Or you can do a few things in a great way and continue to grow. You can do a lot of good things and be worn out. This is why Jesus told him, bro, don't tell anyone. Because right, right. I'm, I'm not, I, I can do, I can do it, but it's not par se beneficial for me right now in this season. Wow. And so as the people came, he did it because he was God and because he loves. But what he's trying to teach us in verse 16 is that you need to learn the art of slipping away. There, I, I see it in ministry all the time. There are so many people out there who have the hand of God on their lives. They have an anointing. They have great gifts. They have great character, but they're so tied up in ministry number one, ministry number two, ministry number three. Hey, can I, can I slow you down? Can I talk to you? I want to, I want to, I want to present something to you. No, well, I got ABC, XYZ, NYP, P to do it, you know, all, all in two hours. Whoa, brother, your plate's too full. So, so we, we got to, we got to learn to slip away. Jesus understood this, and I need you to go ahead, go ahead and write this down. That good is the enemy of great. Yeah. Wow. 
good is the enemy of great. And, and a lot of times, yeah. what, what was the God thing, watch me now, has become the good thing and it's no longer the God thing. And, and I believe we stay in seasons of good for too long. I mean, check it. He's God and a bot. He's supposed to heal people. He's supposed to raise the dead. You're God. He's supposed to fix people's issues. What are you doing slipping away? He's trying to show us how to destroy distraction. Because you can be doing a lot of good things, but Satan can also use that as a tool to undermine and undercut where you're supposed to be going. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love this story here in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continue on their way to Jerusalem, on to the next thing, <laughs> my man, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed her into her home. I, I could tell us a lot here. Martha is in fact, a person of influence. Um, I don't have time to break that down, but she, she has resource, she has influence, all right? It's the reason why she's able to host Jesus and the disciples. Verse 39, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha, here it is, was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, it doesn't, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. So she, she is so tired. She is so distracted, so exhausted from doing the good thing that she has the audacity to now tell her leader what to do because she hasn't prioritized her life. And it says this here, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, <laughs> that cracks me up. <laughs> Because it's like, ah, my dear Martha, it's like, Jesus, ah, you are worried and upset over all these details, but there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. You're, You're busy. You're distracted. Mary has cleaned the kitchen. She set up the table. Now it's time to listen to Jesus. You're doing too much or you're not doing enough. I love this theologian, Warren Worsby. He said this, he said, Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do, but that she allowed her work to distract her and pull her heart apart. She was trying to serve two masters. The key is to have the right priorities. Jesus Christ first, then others, then ourselves. It is vitally important that we spend time at the feet of Jesus every single day, letting him share his word with us. The most important part of the Christian life is the part that only God sees. Unless we meet Christ personally and privately each day, we will soon end up like Martha, busy, but not blessed. Unless we we learn to slip away and, and get with God and, and spend some time with him in prayer and in the word yes, and in worship, right. we're going to be busy and not blessed. Yeah. You can be busy or you can be blessed, but you can't be both. Wow. 
So slip away. And I've come to find out personally that when you learn to develop a consecration or a devotion in your walk with Jesus, and you say, I'm turning off my phone from, from 7 p.m. until it's bedtime, the world can wait on me tomorrow. Or from, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., um, it's off. The world can wait on me tomorrow. When you begin to prioritize Jesus and, and his love and his word and, and his presence through worship, because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. That simply means that when you worship God, not only is his spirit in you if you're a believer, but his, his presence, his Shekinah glory enters the room that, that, that you're in. And I've come to experience it personally. When, when you set aside time and you slip away with God, he downloads power. Yes. He, he downloads wisdom. Right. He downloads vision into your heart and into your mind. I remember June of 2011, from June of summer 20, 2011 to, to spring, March of 2012, I, w- I would slip away. Yeah. I, I worked at an outpatient cardiovascular office. Yeah. Um, I think it was, wasn't it Dr. Phillips or near Disney, yeah. Orlando, Florida. Off Sand Lake, you, Sand Lake Road. Y'all don't know nothing about Sand Lake. Sand Lake take y'all the way into Disney. So holla at your boy if you're going to Orlando. No ticket hookups. I got all the hookups. Don't ask me for that. That's awesome. And so I, I would slip away because it, it was just a toxic environment, Francie. And, and we got to learn to slip away from toxicity. And, and, and for nine months, chow, every lunch break, I would go out to my car. And I would just read my Bible, turn my worship music down low. And I was just right. And it was March of 2012 when the vision of Highlight Church came to me. Yeah. I came across uh, Mark, Mark 5, verses 14 through 16. Yeah. Uh, Matthew 5, yeah. verses 14 through 16. And the vision of Highlight Church came. Yeah. A- ask yourself, have you ever wondered why the Bible is so rich and replete with stories of miracles and impossibilities? Has that ever really hit you like we read, like we read Moses splitting the Red Sea and, and they walk across dry ground and two million Israelites follow him. And then as soon as the Egyptians are trailing them and trying to catch him, the water closes. I mean, a huge miracle. Um, what, what about David and Goliath? I mean, this guy, this, David's probably five nine at tallest, right? Um, Goliath, we believe, was upwards of eight feet tall. Um, a champion of, of the Philistine army. David is a shepherd boy. He has no business fighting this champion, but he, he defeats him with, with a slingshot. Um, or, or how about uh, Jesus walking on water, right? It, it, it's, and that's my next point. I'll, I'm kind of going ahead of myself. How about that? When Jesus sends them on the boat and he goes up to the mountain to pray, I wonder what that's all about. What are you praying about? I mean, and then the storm starts to brew and it says at 3 a.m., dead on the dot. Jesus didn't waste any time. 3 a.m., Jesus came walking on water. Have you ever wondered why the Bible is so rich and replete with miracle stories and impossibilities of victory? It's because all those stories, all those miracles were preceded by slipping away. Moses had spent time with God. David told Goliath, bro, I've killed lions and bears. I done wrote some Psalms. (laughs) You don't know me. (laughs) Like, I've been with God and you're about to go down too. Jesus had just prayed at the top of the mountain. You have to learn to slip away in this season. Mm. 
get away from the distractions. Jesus often withdrew to destroy distraction. The second way that you can destroy distraction is to time block. Time block. Jack Dorsey is the CEO of Square and the founder of Twitter. And um, we all know some Twitter superstars out there. Um, There's namely one person that is very active on Twitter. Um, I won't throw out no names, but we know he's very active. And at times he's quite funny, um, to me at least. Uh, But Jack Dorsey, there was a certain point with Square and Twitter where he worked eight hours a day um, for both companies. And so that would mean 16-hour work shifts. Um, and in 2019, Square's annual revenue was $4.7 billion. And Twitter brought in $3 billion. And this is all because of Jack's productivity. And so Jack's key to productivity and destroying distraction was to theme his day. Whenever he would work 16 hours, he would theme his day. And theming his day allowed him to time block accordingly. So Mondays would look like management. Tuesdays would be product. Wednesdays would be marketing. And I love this quote from Jack Dorsey. He said this, there are interruptions all the time, but I can quickly deal with an interruption and know that it's Tuesday if I have product meetings and I need to focus on product stuff because his day was already themed product. So an interruption will kick in but I already know that my focus has to be on what, what's in front of me. Let me ask you this. Are your days themed? Is your day for Monday prayer? I'm, I'm going to pray for a half an hour. Is, is your day for Tuesday being generous? Is your day for Wednesday working out? Is, is your, are your days themed? When it comes to biblical timing, Um, The Bible oftentimes, when it refers to timing, it doesn't refer to periods of time, starts and finishes. You'll you'll see this a lot. So if, you know, Genesis 1, it doesn't say in Genesis 1, Francie, that um, on day one, God said. Go go back and read it. We don't have it today on scripture, but go go, go home and read it. It says, in the beginning, God said. And when God had finished speaking, Anissa, it says, and this marked the first day. So, so, and you'll see that theme predominantly, not all the time, but predominantly throughout scripture where God does not focus on time period. The focus is more on the content of time. So this tells us something about the mind of God when it comes to our time. This tells us that God is more so about what happens within a time frame, the actions taken in a time frame. So in other words, put it like this. No season has the power to define your life. Rather, what you do with your time has the power to define the season. So, So it can be cloudy outside. It can be cloudy. And we know cloudy days for most of us, I know for me, it sucks, right? But 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 instead of the cloudy day being depressing, it can be the best day of your life, depending upon and hinging upon how you've time blocked that day. And so when it comes to the heart of God and the mind of God, the question that God is asking us today, Francine, I want y'all to write these down to ask yourself is have I time blocked my day? What am I doing with each moment of my day? 
Or is my time slipping into hours upon hours upon hours of nothing? Texting, social media, sitting around, only to be distracted and find ourselves in the same place this time next year. I mean, just, just think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Jesus was the busiest person to ever live. Right. Yet he was never rushed. Wow. The busiest person to ever live. And man, we wear busy like a badge. Yeah. <laughs> like we get up every morning heading straight to the couch and we're wearing our busy badge. Someone texts us, hey, you, uh, you coming over today? No, I'm busy. I'm yeah, busy yeah. doing... Dot, dot, dot. And we wear it. Jesus was the busiest person to ever live, never rushed, nor was he constrained by fame and success because he understood this. Go ahead and write this down. This is a, this is a note. We'll put it across the screen. That busy is the enemy of better. If good is the enemy to great, busy is the enemy of better. So we, we need to look at our lives. What are we busy doing? And, and, maybe, and maybe for you, it's not video games and social media. It, it, could, be, it could be eating. It, it could be traveling. You're, you're escaping a void. I, I don't know what it is, but we, we got to ask ourselves. So to time block is to do this. Go ahead and write this down. To time block is to create moment by moment time frames to fulfill your daily priorities creating moment-by-moment time frames. Jesus understood. All right, uh, there are 2,000 people here. And I've just healed number 901. That's it, my time is up, I'm out. He slipped away. We, we don't read where it says like he, he stayed until everyone was healed. We read that sometimes because it fit, it fit it into his time block. Yeah. And so it's creating moment by moment time frames of your daily activities. Why is this important? It's important because distraction wins when priorities aren't time blocked. Mm, wow. yeah. Distraction will creep into your life so when you don't fill your time with important things. And, and that's really where our habits are going. It's to a lack of timing. I love Proverbs 31 verse 15. It says this here. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. This is what we call, ladies, the Proverbs 31 woman. (laughs) I call it Jesus in her. Come on. Through her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll read it again. She gets up before dawn. So, I mean, she's up before dawn. So, dawn here in Maryland, chow, is 5.59 a.m. That's when the sun comes up. So she's up 4 35 o'clock. She's getting up. Wow. Mercy said, wow. <laughs> El Mastel. It's a joke. Chris loves it. I say El Mastel. And Chris has been trying to say it, but it's, he still does the D. It's El Mastel. It's, it's a thing. Mustard. Mustard. Anyway, sorry. El Mastel. Yeah, distract, I'm distracted. Preaching. She gets up before dawn. I mean, she's on it. Yeah. And she plans the day's work. The Holy Spirit through her is teaching her how to optimize her time. Right. And not only that, she's a leader yeah. for her servant girls. Yeah. 
I hear a lot of people out there, I wanna lead, I wanna lead, I wanna lead. The first thing I wanna ask you is how is your time management? Yeah. Wow. All right, next verse here. While it was still night, this is Mark 1, this is Jesus. While it was still night, way before dawn, he got up, he, Jesus, four o'clock, and went out to a secluded spot and prayed. Simon and those with him went looking for him. They found him and said, everyone's looking for you. Once again, the busiest man to ever live, but he understood my day starts at 6 a.m., so I gotta wake up at four. Right. And he says this here, they found him saying, everyone's looking for you. And then Jesus said, let's go to the rest of the villages so I can preach there also. This is why I've come. My time here is up. I got up to pray because today we move on to the next thing. If I don't move on, that's where this fits in. If I don't fill this with faith and growth and consistency and intentionality, this will come in. This will come in if I don't fill it. And so if you don't time block, distractions will win. Go ahead and write this down. If it doesn't serve your purpose or result in progress, then it's a distraction. If it doesn't serve your purpose, if it doesn't serve your faith, if it doesn't serve healthy relationships, if it does not serve love, and education, and if it doesn't promote peace and progress and forward movement, it is in fact a distraction in your life. Jesus' time block to destroy distraction. I wanna go ahead and end this. I wanna give you three blessings of destroying distraction. So when when you learn to slip away and and, and and when you begin to time block, you're gonna number one, experience peace and joy on a whole new level peace and joy on a whole new level. One of the greatest adjustments that my wife and I have made over the past two months is literally, we have cut off social media by 8 p.m. The only thing you may do is you may post and say, hey, 7.30 a.m., see you girls online for Bible study. It is an amazing Bible study, 7.30, Monday through Saturday. I'll plug that on in there. But it's been so peaceful. Joy and peace on a whole new level. We work on our schedules the next day. Get up the next day. And and the Bible even says, when you slip away, when you slip away, that peace and that joy comes. Because it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. And we're not just not doing anything, but but we're praying and we're pulling out a physical book. And the Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy. And, and the, the reason why we don't have peace today is because we don't prioritize peace. Right. It's such an intangible thing, peace and joy. But if you prioritize it with your time, right, right. it'll come into your life. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the second blessing for destroying distraction is that you're gonna begin to make measurable progress. Measurable progress. Measurable. You're going to see that as you time block and as you slip away, that your life is not going to be where it was three months ago. That where you are today, you're going to be further, you're going to be wiser, you're going to be stronger. Measurable progress. And the third thing, the third blessing of destroying distraction is that you're going to find your rhythm. 
you're going to find your rhythm. We can all agree that there's nothing worse than being at a party and watching someone dance who has no rhythm. (laughs) As I'm trying to land the plane (laughs) into the call of salvation, there's nothing worse. I mean, my my wife, she loves the the bachata. Is that what what it's called? Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm black, I'm African-American, but I got rhythm, but man, I cannot move my hips like that. <laughs> there's nothing worse. There's nothing. And, and life is like a dance of sorts. Mm. That's good. And I feel that so many people can't find that rhythm. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's because we're distracted. And so God sent his son in the fullness of time yeah. at just the right time, Galatians 4.4, he sent his son so that we could find that rhythm. That's it. So we could walk with him. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 11, the message, verse 28. Jesus, Jesus said, are you tired? Mm-hmm. Worn out? Yeah. Burnt out on religion? Routine? Right. That's what religion is. It's a routine. Yeah. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I love Jesus. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Grace. You you don't have to try to please God. There's no work that can lead you into the love of God and and to salvation. There's no work you can do. Martha was trying to win Jesus's favor through doing Mary had already discovered, I just want to sit at his feet. I just want his presence in my heart and in my home and in my life. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm ready to come in. Just slow down and, and let me in. And he says this here, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He's so faithful. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Yeah. And that's what I want to invite you into today is a loving, prospering relationship with Jesus Christ. And just the simple gospel is this. The good news is is that Jesus came, he lived a sinless life and he died for my sin and he died for your sin. The Bible teaches that we have all sinned against the holy God, but because of the work of Christ and the shedding of his blood on the cross, our past, our present, and our future sins have been forgiven. And it's as easy as giving our faith to the Father by believing in his son, Jesus. And so if if you feel like you're far from God, if you're like, I need God in my life, I wanna invite you into a relationship with the Father. And why don't you pray this prayer with me? This morning, today is your day to give your life to God so that you can find your rhythm, so that you can discover your purpose so that you can have that joy and that peace that he promised through his son. So we're going to pray. Father God, I thank you that you are good. I thank you for Jesus, your son. I believe that he is Lord. I believe that he is savior. Forgive me for my past. I receive your spirit. I am yours. Wash me, make me clean. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. 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 So I want to invite you to join us next week online. We're going to go ahead and conclude Happy Habits Week 5. It's going to be great. We love you guys. We will see you next week. You take care. Let's clap it up, everybody. Wow.